If you are uh, joining us for the first time today, this is normal. We have a dance party every Sunday. Uh, if there's anything that we learned this week is that some people can dance and some people absolutely cannot dance. Anybody with me on that one? I, I just have, there's no dancing skill. But here's the thing. We don't care, do we, right? We just gave up caring halfway through the week. It doesn't matter how we look. One of the many things this week that the kids have taught us, and I, some of you uh, are thinking not, oh, I can't dance. Some of you are thinking, we just had a dance party in church. Is that Lutheran? Oh, absolutely it is. It's biblical, so it's Lutheran. So um, we're really thankful for that. And more, more than that, it's not just is it okay to dance in church. Scripture actually commands us to dance. Would you believe it? Turn to your neighbor and say, really? Just turn, really? Yeah, absolutely. Look at this next passage up on the screen. This is Psalm 149, verses 2 through 3. Let's read this together. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him. There you go. So if you ever need an excuse for a Jesus dance party, it's right there, right? Psalm 149, among many, many others. It's a great day to worship. It's a great day to celebrate what God did all week. Again, um, just a huge thank you to you as uh, the church family, uh, to our awesome staff that we have, many of our staff making fools for Christ, uh, themselves fools for Christ up here uh, on the stage. And uh, a huge thank you to all of our volunteers. Again, over 140 kids, a couple hundred adults, um, not only from Hope Des Moines, but from the Gateway Church, which is right down the road that meets the central campus. How cool is it? Two churches from two totally different denominations coming together to do something that we're all on the same page we want to reach kids for Jesus. So praise God for that as well. That was so much fun. Absolutely. Um, and here's the reason that that's exciting. You, you hear uh, maybe in the 360 or from the stage, we talk a lot about numbers. There was this many thousand people at this or this many thousand kids at that. It's not really about the numbers. We're excited about that and praise God for growth. But the reason that we talk about those numbers is because numbers represents hearts and those hearts represent hearts of kids and adults alike that have had the love of God poured into their hearts in a real and tangible way for a week. And that's worth celebrating. If heaven is not having a dance party right now that 7,500 kids know the love of Jesus, I don't know what there is to celebrate, right? There is a party going on in heaven right now. God loves kids and that we experience the love of Jesus Christ in a brand new way. And, and another thing is, I mean, you want to see the church be the church, we have so many ministries at, at Hope and here at Hope Des Moines as the ministries continue to grow, and you don't always see each other because we've got people over here doing care, and those people are doing prayer, and those people are doing alpha or core or small groups or missions or serving or whatever it is. Very rarely throughout the year, a few times when we did our giving campaign, this happened. When we come together for Christmas and Easter and these bigger events like Vacation Bible School. We really see the body of Christ at work. When Paul talks about what the church is supposed to look like in the New Testament, it's a body. The head is connected to the, the neck, and the neck's connected to the shoulders, and the shoulders are connected to the arms, and the hands, and the fingers. We are connected to each other. And there's no way that we've been able to pull this off if it wasn't for all of you doing your part. So we've had people from shepherding to 
crafting to song leading to being a fool for Christ in the, in the skits, uh, Bible lessening, uh, greeting, uh, even our highly trained security team all week. Do you have anybody from our security team here? If you, okay, awesome. You, you survived. Awesome. The big goal was to end the week with as many kids as we started with, and I think that we did that. Uh, that was the goal. We're, we're excited about that. Yes, but also deeper than that, We want this, and we know that it is, and we will continue to strive toward this. We want this to be a safe place for kids. Not just a a safe place physically. Yes, we we had a few code browns and code yellows, as we referred to them, uh, on the, the, the medical team. They're all taken care of. Don't worry about that. Um, but it's deeper than that. We want this to be a safe place spiritually for your kids. And we know that that's the case right now what they're experiencing every weekend here, that you can trust that your kids are going to have an experience that, that is not only going to be so blow-the-roof-off fun, but also laser-focused on Jesus, that they're going to learn about Jesus in a safe and fun environment. And so here I was. It was Friday night after this big old week-long party, and the noise had come down, and the music had stopped, and The lights had gone off, and pretty much everybody had gone home, and here I am, um, standing, sitting, well, let's get honest, laying on this very stage, collapsed. Yes, even movie star dude gets tired once in a while, as you can see from some of those pictures. And I had a few thoughts running through my head as I am laying here on the stage, looking up at the ceiling after this week. Number one, I am absolutely exhausted. Now, there is a good tired and there is a bad tired. Do you know what I mean? A bad tired is when you completely ran yourself ragged and you have no idea why. A good tired is you spent yourself on a worthy cause that's going to make an impact for eternity. And this was a good tired. I knew why I was tired and I knew why I am absolutely exhausted. But number two, this one kind of caught me off guard because my mind was just racing from everything in the week. I felt like God say... John, you haven't had that much fun in a long time. And it wasn't so much about being happy. Like, I, some days I'm happy and some days I'm not. You know, that, that comes and goes. But it was more about this, like, deep, this uncontainable, laugh-out-loud kind of joy. Like, I was just laying collapse up here on the stage with this smile on my face. Honestly, I'm not just saying this like, oh, it's VBS, I'm going to get everybody excited. And I, I had a, probably a dozen people come up to me over this week, and you'll see pictures and video, and you can kind of see us, the goofy guy in front there. I had so many people come up to me this week and go, Pastor John, what got into you? <laughs> and I honestly, like I was thinking about it, I go, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm possessed by the Holy Spirit. Um, Or the joy of your kids just got to me. You guys, I worked at a Bible camp for eight years. We did this every week for three months in a row, okay? And I felt like God say, you haven't had this much fun in a long time. Something happened to me. Something happened happened to my joy, and I wonder about you. The same could be true of many of us. (laughs) People I I would never think just exploded with the joy of the Holy Spirit. There are some people sitting next to you this morning that you wouldn't think danced the night away every night, but they did. 
Oh, they did. Turn to your neighbor and say, was that you? Was that you? Did you dance tonight? Yeah, you did. You did. I saw this joy in your laughter. I saw it in, in, in jumping and, and, and dancing and, and your constant high fives for the kids and your, your passion to serve. And I was sitting here reflecting it all and, and, and thinking about the state of my life and how I normally live and the condition of my heart. And I felt like God say, John, where did all your joy go? We can get really busy doing our jobs or doing ministry or taking care of our kids and all of a sudden all of life becomes duty. All of life becomes a to-do list or, or a checklist and if we're not careful, it trickles into our faith and we can start living a version of Christianity that is void of one of the central themes of Jesus' teaching and that's joy. Everybody say joy. The danger is that if knowing Jesus Christ does not produce a genuine, authentic joy that is evident to the world around us, our lives as Christians can end up looking pretty much like everybody else's that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And so some of you are saying, oh, you see, Pastor John, that's for all the young people that have, you know, all the little kiddos that have all the energy. But John, you don't understand. We can't just be talking about this all day. There are some people that are really struggling with serious issues in this church. There are some people today that are really hurting, that are really in pain. There are people that have brought in burdens here this morning. Absolutely. And so you might be saying, John, that's fine, this, this Jesus party, this fun, this joy, this laughter, it was fun for a week, but now let's get back to real life because life is just a little bit more serious than that. So let's get back to reality. And that, that would be the case if the joy that Jesus was offering us was based on our circumstances. Oh, but it's so much deeper than that. We're not talking about some naive view of life. Childlike faith is not naivety in saying, oh, I'm just going to pretend that the darkness of the world doesn't exist and we're just going to have a dance party for a week. Childlike faith is saying, I know, and I'm going to dance anyway. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. And so it's not a naive view, it's actually a very biblical view. You remember a few months ago, we, we went through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching about the Beatitudes, about what it means to be truly blessed. And, and so over and over, Jesus says, blessed are the poor, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, over and over and over. Blessed, you, you will have a happy life if, you will have a joy-filled life if. Over and over and over again. And it's important to remember, do you remember this? The Greek word for blessed here is makarioi. Everybody say makarioi. Not to be confused with the macarena. Macarena, way better. Instead, let's read, if you, if you translate it and if you dig into some of the, the historical context, which I'm not going to take the time to do today, but this is the deeper understanding of this word. It's not just blessed based on circumstances. It's a little bit more like this. God's untouchable joy for you, completely independent of life's chances and changes. Completely 
independent, detached from whether I'm having an up week or a down week or anywhere in between. Now, this was a foreign concept. You have to understand in this Greek culture that Jesus stepped into, even in a hierarchical culture, you had to be somebody to be blessed. I've got to have a certain kind of job. I've got to be born into a certain kind of family. I've got to have a certain kind of hope for prosperity in the future to have power or money or a perfect family or a great job, and everybody else is on the outside. It's too bad that this isn't relevant for us anymore, right? And everybody else is on the outside. People like you and me. You ever felt like an outcast? You ever felt like you're on the outside looking in from where the action is? Ever felt like, well, this is the circumstances of my life and so there's no way I can have joy. Maybe someday if this, if this, then maybe I will. Ever felt like you're on the outside of the Jesus party? You ever caught yourself saying, you know, I, <laughs> I love it that some of you are here and you've told me this. I, I didn't really think I was a church kind of person. You know what? Jesus wasn't either. He hung out with all the people that the church people didn't want to hang out with. And that's how he got his nickname, Friend of Sinners. And they had the most joy at those parties. Because it was the joy of Jesus. Some of you say, you know, there's no way that church is for me. I'm just not that type. Well, I've got great news. You've just been invited in to the Jesus party. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in, dude. Just, you're in, dude. Just kind of got my inner VBS monologue going on right now. The good news of Jesus' kingdom isn't about a joy that you have to escape your current reality to have. It's not like, oh, let's just have VBS for a week and pretend that the world doesn't have any problems in it. That's not the kind of joy, that's not the kind of macarioi that Jesus is offering. He says, you can have a joy right now right in the middle of whatever you're experiencing. Because when you realize that Jesus Christ has taken your sin and he's forgiven it, that he's taken your death and he's defeated it, and he has eternity secured for you, you realize that you have nothing to lose. Amen? That's the gospel. You have nothing to lose. That's how you have hope. Not by being naive. Oh, then I'm going to be a hopeful person. I've got Jesus, and I'm connected to him. That's how I have hope in my life. Every single day. And that's not a roller coaster ride. And I know this because of the dozens of you that served every day this past week, and your lives are not perfect. And that's an understatement. Including mine. It's hard right now. There's some things that we're working through. Some of you just got a diagnosis. Some of you are having issues in your family. Some of you are having issues in your marriage. Some of you don't have a job. <laughs> some of you are struggling with finances. Whatever it is, you name it, and yet you were here, and you were dancing, and you were giving high fives, and you were loving kids. Some of you, I know for a fact, are wrestling with your faith. What? You mean I can still love kids and serve and I don't have to have everything figured out? 
Absolutely. The way that I answer a lot is, I don't know. I've had kids ask me questions at VBS and I'll say, wow, I don't know. Do you want to teach Alpha? Like, there's some really, <laughs> your kids are really smart. This is a joy that you can experience right now, right in the middle of it, mac a So I just wonder, I was thinking about that this week, and, and, and not that we can, like, you know, categorize everything or, or make a statistic, but if there was a, if there was like a meter, you know, like a rain gauge or something like that, and it kind of had different levels, and this was the joy-o-meter, that was your tank. Is it empty? Is it halfway? Is it full today? Where is it? Is, is, would you say that your joy is just like, Man, it's just right here. It's just busting at the seams. It's, it's way up here. They're, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 27. Like, I am just filled up with God's joy. Remember, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about an anchor in your soul that says, I'm okay. I've got Jesus. I'm okay. That's what we're talking about, okay? So is your joy through the roof? Is it kind of, well, you know, this is kind of my current experience with God and I'm kind of a church person and I'm going to come here and kind of go through the motions and, and sort of do my thing. I'm probably about right up, you know, halfway, uh, you know, 50%, you know, life's okay, but there's really nothing about my faith that's worth getting too excited about. I mean, there's really nothing about church that would be worth inviting somebody else to. I mean, I'm here every week and I enjoy it, but why would I invite somebody else? I'm being sarcastic with you. But some of you, if you're honest, and myself oftentimes, we're right there. Because I let this be based on my circumstances, and still, others of you, if you are completely honest today, would say, John, I'm kind of bottoming out down here. And sometimes it's, it's unintentional and sometimes it's intentional is that some of you are taking your faith way too seriously. And let me clarify that. It's good to be serious about your faith, to know what you believe. But if there's no joy, then something's missing. Some of you are saying, oh, John, if you're way down here, you know, life's a little bit too serious to have joy in my life. You know, I've, I've got problems to solve. I've got budgets to balance. I've got to-do lists to tackle. I've, I'm in this transition time in my life. And so, you know, when I, when I get that new transition in my life, then the joyometer will go up. But for now, I can only be down here because I don't have what I want yet. You know, that things aren't perfect here in this church. You know, sometimes my small group gets on my nerves. And so sometimes... Sometimes the music is, is out of tune or I, I don't know that many people yet or the coffee's not that good and I just want to stop and ask you any of those things the reason that you can't be up here is what? Because everything I just listed off is like the tide it just comes and goes. Everything I just listed off has nothing to do with the foundation of Jesus Christ. 
And so it turns out that this untouchable joy, this makarioi, this truly being blessed in life, being full of God's love and joy, isn't some just unattainable dream. It's actually Jesus' number one desire for us. John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that you might have, I have come that you might have life, joy, and have it to the full, have it abundantly. And there's no asterisk by it that says, and this is only for little kids that went to VBS or adults that are way too crazy. (laughs) It's for all of us. What's in the gap for you? If you're here or if you're here, what's getting in the way for you? I love how Jesus says it in John chapter 15. He says, this is for all of us. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now let's read this together, verse 11 up on the screen. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Complete, a.k.a. not lacking anything. Not halfway Christianity. Not Roller coaster Christianity. Oh, I'm up and I'm down and I'm up and I'm down. Joy. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. That your joy would be complete. What's getting in the way for you? For some of you, it's that that meter has become based on your circumstances. But for some of you, for some of you, it's this inability for some reason to loosen up. When I think about loosening up, this story, I I worked at a church in Colorado in my early 20s, and I was just kind of this young pastor, and I didn't really know if I fit in or not, and I kind of still wonder that. I'm like a little bit too crazy for this congregation, and and it was a majority of people that were kind of in their 70s and 80s. I mean, if you were in your 60s, you were in the youth group. I mean, this was a, and that's nothing, that's my parents' age, right? So, I, we, we love all ages here, absolutely. But, but sometimes, sometimes there was a, couple, a few couples that got a little grumpy with me because it's like, oh, the young punk youth director got up to preach. And I would be up there and I was like the, the pastor sometimes I would preach and then I was, the youth, or I was the, the youth director and I was the worship leader sometimes. So sometimes I would lead worship and I would look out and it was right there. I'm not pointing you out. I'm just, there was right there. There was this older couple that always sat there and every single time that I led worship or preach, and I, I kind of just scanned the audience and looked at them, they were just like, I'm like, something not sit well with breakfast? Or are you just grumpy, grumpier than grumpy? Just like, mm. you know, we're singing like, let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Mm. I mean, I threw out every joke I had in the book. Mm, preacher boy, you know, they just wouldn't have it. So one day I just went down and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, loosen up. Turn to your neighbor and say, loosen up. Just loosen up. That's what, turn to your neighbor and say, loosen up. No, I didn't do that. Do you want to know what I did? We were singing, we were singing a worship song called Every Move I Make. And I was up there going, every move I make, I make. And I just looked at him and I went, like I just stared at him like that. <laughs> and the older gentleman looked at his wife and went, like that, I just elbowed her. That was it. <laughs> that was me up there, right? Letting the joy of the Lord be my strength. Never cracked. 
Some of you this morning are saying, John, I'm, I'm a fan of EBS. I'm a fan of all the kiddos having fun. You know, I may even clap once in a while in worship. But isn't, John, all that you're saying is that if you really love Jesus, you're going to have all this energy and all this excitement every day, and you've got to be an extrovert, and you've got to be hyped up in worship and jumping and singing and clapping, and that's real passion for Jesus. If that's what you leave here with today, then I, we've completely missed the point. When I say loosen up, I'm not talking about grumpy Bob loosening up his smile. I'm talking about you loosening up your heart. And some of you this morning, because your joy is based on circumstances, your heart is so tight and it's so closed off and Jesus says, I want it to be a sponge and I just want you to soak and soak and soak. That's what I saw on the kids this week. They're just sponges. What? Jesus died for my sins? That's awesome! They're just, like, it's the first time they've ever heard it. You're telling me I can pray to God anytime, anywhere? When did you lose your joy? When did you lose your, your childlike faith? When I talk about passion for Jesus, very little of that is all this stuff. There's a reason that in the final days of Jesus' life where he is betrayed and arrested in the garden, he is flogged and beaten and spat upon and then crucified on a Roman cross, that is called the what? The Passion. Remember that movie? The Passion. Do you know that the Latin root for passion is sacrifice or surrender? And so when people say, oh, Pastor John, you've got a lot of passion for Jesus, I go, some days, some days, because you all just see this, but not always this. The passion of Jesus. It gives a whole new meaning to the question, are you crazy for Jesus? Are you wild for Jesus? Maybe the wild ones for Jesus aren't the ones that are the biggest and the loudest. They're the ones that have a heart like a child that is surrendered, that is all in, that has nothing to lose. And I will always preach on this. I absolutely believe that our outward expressions of worship are very important because they reveal an inward reality. Okay? I don't know what's going on in the grumpy couple's heart over here, right? But the perception they're giving to the world is not that there's a lot of joy in Christianity. That's important. But that's about 10% of it. The rest of it is way deeper than that. Way more important than the outward expressions of worship are our outward expressions of being the church Monday through Friday. Way more than energy, Jesus is looking for passion. He's looking for surrender. Waving the white flag and saying, I'm all in. For hearts that are all in for him. And this is regardless of what tradition you grew up with. We have a lot of uh, former Catholics that are a part of Hope. We have a lot of former Lutherans that grew up in a very, very conservative Lutheran upbringing. Whatever tradition you grew up with, whatever your parents taught you, whatever is your comfort zone or whatever's easy. 
We're not talking about that. We're talking about what Jesus asks of us and is offering to us. Are we worshiping tradition or are we going back to scripture and saying, what does a follower of Jesus look like regardless of my past? Joy, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. Does your life look like that? Is that the fruit of your life? And I just want to say this. I am so proud of you as a church. Not for all this, but for this. For your passion. For your passion to come every single night and every single week for our volunteers that are in there right now to love these kids. And if you missed it, wanted to give you a little video taste that our creative team here at Hope Des Moines put together to give you a little snapshot of how much fun and the Macarioi joy that we had this week. Let's take a look. Yes, Mrs. Annenson always makes a cameo appearance in the skits. So, um, You guys, to think that we might have missed that, to think that we might have said, oh, you know, I've got other summer plans. I... I can't have joy right now. I can't serve at VBS. This is kind of outside of my church box. Life's way too short to be serious all the time, to live without passion, or to simply live out of duty or guilt. Because here's the other thing I noticed this week, and as you watch that video, I hope you caught a glimpse of this, of the hundreds of volunteers that were here this week. I didn't hear one person say, well, you know, I kind of felt guilty for not helping out more with the kids around here, so out of duty and obligation, I signed up to help out with VBS, and the first night was really a drag, and so out of pure guilt and obligation, I decided to drag myself back here every single night. I didn't hear that once, and that's because of all the motivations that we can offer The only true motivation is joy. It is the purest and most effective form of motivation. In fact, there is something that we will never ask you to do in this church, and that is to serve out of any sense of duty or obligation. Everything in this church is a get-to, not a got-to. Everybody say get-to. It's not a got to. I get to come to worship. I get to serve breakfast. I get to be an usher. I get to tithe. I get to go hold babies in the nursery. It's a get to, not a got to. And so for those of you that served this week, even though there were so many other things that you could do, they were far more comfortable. I I, I love this. I heard one of you say, John, I'm not just volunteering. I'm loving God's kids. You see the difference? One is, this is my duty for the church. I'm doing this for you. The other one sees themselves as the church, as loving kids, as a way to be the church. In fact, one of our shepherds, kind of the leaders of the kids this week, just showed up, and he felt led to come down, and he'd never done this before, and he was kind of nervous and working with the kids, and so we plugged him in, and he ended up having a group of kids from the neighborhood. We bust in about 40 or 50 kids from all the different, you know, their parents, we don't really know where they are, they're just running around the streets, and so we picked them up and said, hey, you want to come to VBS? Woo! Okay, great. So here we are. Like, we're not kidnapping them, like, we bring them back, right? Okay, everything's fine. 
so this, this shepherd, this guy, this first time had this group of kids from the neighborhood and, you know, he kind of had a rough first night and some of these kids have discipline issues. And so I came to him, I said, there's absolutely no pressure. Like, I don't want you to be here out of guilt. Like, you do not have to come back. If you wanted to just try it out, that was fine. He says, John, are you kidding? Of course I'll be back because what if that same group of kids or what if even just a couple of them come back and I'm not here? Do you see the shift? It goes from those kids to my kids. He said, they're my kids. This is my part to play in the body. Not someone else's mission. It's our mission as a church. And so it would be very easy for us to think now that VBS is done, the mission to kids in the city is over. That's a wrap. Close the curtains. Getting real with Jesus is Done. So let's shut the doors to the church and put our feet up and kind of settle in now for the fall. Hibernate. The problem is that's not what Jesus did. Nowhere in the scriptures do we see Jesus kind of parachute into a situation and say, you're healed, I don't really want to be in a relationship with you, and now I'm going to go leave and go do something else. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we read, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Let me translate. Jesus moved into the neighborhood and stayed. Jesus lived in obscurity for 30 years, getting messy in people's lives, developing relationships with them, and that's because ministry isn't just in the big events, it's in the streets, and it's in daily relationships, and we poured God's love into 140 kids this week, and we celebrate that, praise God for that, but we are just scratching the surface because there are thousands of more kids that didn't get to experience that, and you might say that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's what Jesus says in our scripture for today. This is where we're going to land today. If you have your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 10 really quick. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Jesus is talking with his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, meaning the crops, or in this case, children's hearts are ready and waiting for a church that is willing to not just have a Jesus party, but for a willing to have a church that is willing to love them with their lives. And the great thing about Luke 10 is that Jesus not only gives us our mission, he gives us a strategy. He gives us a strategy, and it goes something like this. Everybody say, go. Everybody say, stay. Everybody say, be. Go stay, be. That's the message of Luke chapter 10. First, go. Everybody say go. Go. Verse 2, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Therefore, go at the beginning of verse 3. This may seem obvious, but if we're going to go, we can't stay where we are as a church. So when it comes to reaching kids, everybody got that? Go, stay, be. All right? When it comes to reaching kids, We have to look at the harvest field or the mission field. It kind of looks like this. There's different kinds of kids with different kinds of needs and different kind of situations in life. 
and it kind of like a, like a three-ring uh, circle almost. And so the smallest circle, as, as kids are moving forward in their journey with Christ, the smallest circle represents kids that are here. These are your kids right here. The kids that are here, the kids that are learning about Jesus right now, okay, they're already here. That's great. You don't have to go very far, but we would love it if you went and served in that way. There's those kids, and they deserve the very best. The next ring out is, you know, statistics show us, and there's thousands of new people moving into the city and the metro area. There's all sorts of kids, and there's all sorts of families with kids that, if invited, would probably show up inside the walls of a church building. They're just waiting for somebody to ask them. Who, who's going to invite them? So there's all those kids. But then if we learned anything this past week, there's a different group of kids that, for a variety of reasons, whether their parents are in the home or they're not emotionally available for them or there's some sort of economic struggles or there's just absolutely zero interest in Jesus or the church, they're not even considering stepping inside the church walls or if invited, they would say, no, I don't, don't have anything to do with Jesus in the church, so why would I come to VBS or why would I come to a church Building, And so there are kids all over the neighborhoods and all over the city that are way out here. There's kids all over the place, and the one thing that they have in common, regardless of all the differences, the one thing that they have in common is that every single one of those kids is God's kid. Which means that they deserve the very best, and they deserve love and care. They're all God's kids. They matter to him. The question is, how are all these kids going to know the love of Jesus Christ? How are we going to do that? Well, first we have to go. Everybody say go. We need some workers for the harvest, and we need people to go to each place. It's not that this is more important than this, or just because they're here is more important, or whatever it is. We would have had the same Jesus party, whether it was your kids or kids that had never been here before, because they're God's kids. But secondly, we stay. Look at verse 7. Jesus says, stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Get this. Do not move around from house to house. In the church, we are notorious for moving on to the next thing, on to the next ministry. We're not going to do that this time. We're going to stay. We're going to stay because that's what Jesus called us to do. We're not going to just run back here into our holy huddle and say, well, we'll just reach the kids that are already here. What about these kids and what about those kids? You have a postcard on your chair today which talks a little bit about how we're going to do that this fall. Go ahead and take that out for a second. I want, to, I want you to look at that as we close today. We keep loving kids and we believe that God has called us to two unique specific ministries this fall. First of all, for the kids that are here or that will come here we are excited to announce that at Hope, at all of our campuses, starting on September 13th, Rally Sunday, is a brand new children's ministry called Hope Kids. If you heard us singing in the song, the little uptown funk song, it's this one's for them, Hope Kids. Did you catch that? Hope Kids. So instead of Kingdom Quest or KQ, and we're going to mess up on that once in a while, it's simple, it's easy to remember, it explains what it is, Hope Kids. And it's going to be more of a VBS-style experience with music and games and crafts and all sorts of fun packed in to this time right now on the weekends as we continue to offer that. That reaches those kids, and we would love your help with that. We cannot do that. It's not just for parents that have little kids— 
It's for all of us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And for that to happen, we need you. And so you can see we've got the dates up there for the trainings, August 12th and 16th. Jot those down. Registration will be online. Email us and let us know. I would love to serve once a month for Hope Kids and stay and love these kids the way that they deserve it. But yet, a bigger need exists. What about these kids? And what about those kids that are not going to necessarily step inside the church walls? Some of you experienced this past week uh, looking at these neighborhood kids, and some of you got really frustrated. It's like, they're not disciplined at all. They don't listen to me. They've never had anybody show them any different. There's nobody there that has enough time for them. And the second thing we noticed is that a couple of our shepherds that had some kids from the neighborhood noticed the reality of these kids is that they were coming in and they wouldn't listen to them and they were undisciplined and they were unruly and they didn't listen. And then the second rotation, they got snacks. And after they had snacks, they were different kids. All of a sudden, they could focus and they sat still and they listened. And one of our shepherds asked one of the young boys, have you anything to eat today before this? Well, no. We did a little bit more than teach some silly songs this past week. We filled up some empty bellies, and so for the rest of the week, they just had our meal with us in the lobby. Of course, that's where we eat, right? In the lobby. Why not? So if there's some dried lasagna or pizza on the walls, that's why. Because we're feeding kids. The needs and the, the circumstances are different, so we need a different kind of program or a different kind of outreach to reach a different kind of kids. And so as, as if we needed more proof after we've been praying about this for months and thinking about this as a staff and leaders, we have connected with another ministry that you've heard a lot about, which is Freedom for Youth Ministries here in the city, and they do an excellent job at reaching these kinds of kids. And so we're partnering up with them, and one of Freedom's goals is to get kids connected with the local church. Well, we're that, and so is Gateway. So we're going to continue this partnership with Gateway, and we're going to launch something called Whiz Kids. Everybody say Whiz Kids. So similar to Hope Kids, the goal is to love kids, but the goal of Whiz Kids is to do that in a different way, to go out into the streets and to develop relationships with these kids, to get outside of these walls. And then on Thursday nights, we will have similar, a kind of a VBS experience smashed into a couple hours. We're excited about that. We've got a great leadership team uh, together. The question is, are we going to exist for the kids that aren't here yet? And that's the question, are we going to be good news? That's the last part, go, stay, be. Everybody say be. be. It's very simple. What does being good news look like to those kids? It could be offering the only meal that they've had the whole day. It could be some school supplies that I hope you go and grab one of those lists when we're done here today. It could be the school supply drive. It could be as simple as showing up. You do not have to be an expert to love kids. You do not have to be an expert. Sometimes it's just showing up. And that's the mission. The question is, where's God calling you? Because we can't stay where we are. Is he calling you there? Is he calling you here? Who are you going to invite? Or is he calling you here? 
And I was thinking about this all week, and, and I just got done saying, I don't want to guilt him into it. I want to shame him. Well, I just feel so guilty. Pastor John said, I'm not a real Christian if I don't sign up to help with the kids. Please, 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 please. I was thinking about how do I convey the importance of this to you, and then the last night of EBS, somebody caught a certain two-year-old with the joy of the Lord that certainly has a special place in my heart. Take a look at the next generation of EBS kids. When you're done dancing, everybody go stand by the wall and suck your thumb. That's, I guess, that's what we do. The kid has a rough life as a pastor's kid. But he's also got the joy of the Lord. And there isn't anything that I wouldn't do. And it is my top priority as his dad for the rest of the years that he is in my house to make sure that he knows that kind of joy is only found in Jesus. Regardless of what anybody else tells him. And then it hit me That's the motivation right there. Because I felt God say to me, John, these kids, if you think you love Caleb that much and have that much passion to reach him and to let him know that God, his heavenly father, loves him so much, that is a fraction. That is just a fraction, God says, of the love that I have for every single one of those kids that have never stepped inside the walls of this church building. The question is, who will go? Who will stay? And who will be good news to them? There is a whole lot of love that God wants to pour into your heart. And as we taught the kids this week, when, God, when God's love comes, you receive it. And it's so much. And the first thing that you do is you put it in your heart. And some of you need to do that today. And let it, let, it, let it soak all the way in. And then let it overflow. And when it overflows, you share it with other people. And when it overflows, sometimes you just feel like dancing. Amen? You really thought you were going to get out of here today without dancing, right? Stand on up and our song leaders are going to come on up. And we're going to have a little dance for Jesus. We're going to have a little Jesus party. We're going to sing a song called I've Got prayers. Turn to your neighbor and say, nothing to lose, dude. (laughs) Nothing to lose, dude. Here we go. Let's sing. I've got prayers. Let's do it. Everybody sing all together. Let's go. Here we go. We're taking you to church. This is another one of them Holy Spirit songs. You better dance like it's Sunday morning.